Joseph, and this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. So some big games to talk about from the weekend. The Badgers and the Packers both playing. Uh, One of the games went better than the other. Although I don't know if either result was particularly surprising. It was the details and the way that both of these games went down. That's where it gets interesting. That's where the conversation starts, right? So we have a lot of football to talk about today. We're actually going to talk football for a full hour. No baseball. Mm -mm. Don't waste my time. We're not talking Bucks. Don't honestly don't waste my time with the Bucks either because they've what I've lost count. 13 in a row, going for 14 I believe tonight. It's a waste of time to talk about the Bucks. They're good. What else do you need to know? Don't waste my time with 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 college basketball, high school basketball. We're doing all football today. And like we normally do the Monday after a Packer game, we're going to start with the Packers. We're going to talk Badgers coming up at about 5.30. And yes, we're going to talk UWL football as well. Some breaking news today that we'll cover at 5.45. A lot of football to come. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Hope you enjoyed your weekend, right? That this miserable weather isn't just ruining the start of your week. I'm glad you are tuned in. If you want to join the show, if you want to talk Packers, Badgers, UWL, Uh, Give me a call. Give me a text. 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talking text line. I'd love to chat. Twitter is always open as well at Keystroker Grant and at WKTY. That's our that's uh, we'll all get back to you there. You might hear from Dave. You might hear from Scrady. uh, But certainly during this show, you're going to hear from me. Always tweet at us at WKTY. So last week, the Packers beat the Giants. What was the final score? 31-13, something like that. They blew them out. And I called it a working man's win, right? Like like a Merle Haggard song, a working man's win. You were just in San Francisco. You got killed. You got to travel all the way back across the country. You got to play in the snow, on the road, in a game that nobody's watching at noon. Just just get it done, right? Put on your hard hat, grab your lunch pail, show up to the job site, and just get it done, right? That, that was last week, okay? Now, yesterday, I was looking for something just a little bit better, right? It didn't have to be beautiful. It didn't have to be poetry or, or, or artwork. But I was looking for a, a little bit of improvement on what I called and what we decided last week was a working man's win, right? A lot of different reasons you're looking for an improvement, looking for something better. You're at home. I, I'm going to argue that Washington is a worse opponent than the Giants, although when you get down to that level, I don't know if it's super meaningful. What are the third worst team in the league versus the second worst team in the league? Whatever. They're Both are bad. But you can make an argument that Washington is even worse than the Giants a week ago, right? I want to see improvement. I want to see smooth play, cohesiveness, maybe some style points here and there because the Packers are getting near the end of the season, right? And and with yesterday's win and how other games shook out, they find themselves in the two seed. Now, there's a lot to be decided the next couple of weeks, but this team is trending towards the playoffs with a shot to do something. And you want to be peaking. You want to be playing your best football at the right time. So yesterday's game would have been nice to reflect that. And also, the Bears are playing well. The Vikings, although they, they lost a week ago, they're playing well. All these teams, the Niners and the Saints, man, did they look good yesterday, even though the Saints lost. All trending in the right direction. You want to be a part of that. You want to be the stock that's trending up at the end of the year, not the stock that's trending down. So for all those reasons yesterday, ideally, you would have gotten something a little bit better than what the Packers ultimately gave us. 20-15 to 15 was the, the final score from Lambeau yesterday. And there was, a, don't get me wrong, there wasn't a moment in yesterday's game where I was like, damn, they could, they could lose. Holy cow. Like, even, even down to the, the onside kick at the end, I'm like, they, they ain't losing this. Right now, it wasn't the most enlightening or fun game to watch. Not all of them are. That's fine. I certainly, yesterday, it would not have been the game that I would have wanted to be at. 
spend six hours in a car and, and, and really see nothing offensively, no touchdowns at least, outside of the first quarter. Now, I'll stick my neck out here, and I'll give Washington a little bit of credit. And Matt LaFleur talked about this in his press conference. I guess we'll get to that in a few minutes. I give Washington a lot of credit because as I've listened to sports radio today, and I have read, listened, watched, just kind of taken it in uh, over the, the last 24 hours or so, I've heard a lot of things. I've read a lot of comments like, man, Washington might be the worst team I've ever seen. Right? That, that's a poor excuse for a football team. That A college team could beat those guys. Okay, well, let me push back on that a little bit. I'm not saying that Washington is great, and I'm certainly, I, I'm not trying to spin this as a positive that the Packers beat them 20 to 15 and only by five points yesterday. But, but I, I want to tell some of you, like, relax a little bit. I, I don't think Washington's bad. They're a bad team. I don't think they're as bad as, as, as we're playing them out to be. Really? That, that bad? Well, they're pretty decent in the trenches. Aaron Rodgers made mention of that. They, they got to Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Now, Aaron Rodgers held on to the ball, but that's not Washington's fault. They, they took advantage. They stacked up some sacks yesterday, right? They did about as good of a job as you can controlling the run game of the Packers. They're a stout team up front, right? They have some big, strong bodies. They have a, did you know Washington has a top 10 defense in the last seven games? They have a top 10 defense last seven games. They lost to Minnesota 19 to 10 at U.S. Bank, which I know isn't 20 to 15. It's a nine point deficit versus a five, but still pretty close. And they only lost to San Francisco nine to nothing. Well, I know it was raining and I know it was nasty, but both teams had to play by, by those rules, right? They have an identity, which might be the most important part of their team. Look, there are the Bengals. Right, and, and there are the Browns and the Jaguars. You want to talk about bad teams that don't know what they're doing on a week-to-week basis. At least Washington has an identity, which cannot be understated. They know that they're going to show up, they're going to run the football, they're going to control the clock, they're going to force the other team to have a limited amount of possessions, right? And if they don't win, whatever. But that's the path to victory. That's the recipe, right? That's important because that's something players can buy into. That's something, well, okay, well, if we can get the running game going, if we can, if we can block our assignments correctly and get into the second level and we can control the clock, we'll be in it. Right? They have an identity. They, they, they have a rudder, at least. So when everyone's saying, oh, Washington is miserably embarrassing bad team, best team, I've, worst team I've ever seen. Okay, easy. Because I don't think they're that bad. They're incredibly limited. And if you want to say, Grant, they have a terrible secondary. They have a young, limpy, inexperienced quarterback. They have an inexperienced head coach. Okay, well, now we're talking about specific things. And, that, and that's where we can really break into this game, right? Just saying, they're the worst team I've ever seen. Well, I, I doubt that, first of all, because remember the Lions went 0-16. Washington's got three wins. They got a top-10 defense the last seven weeks. They hung in there with Minnesota, and they hung in there with San Fran, just like they hung in with Green Bay yesterday, okay? So we're going to do a lot of probably critical talk about the Packers today, right? We're going to say we want to see this. They didn't do a good job of this. It, they still got a win yesterday against a team that's been... This team beat the Eagles, right? This team is not as hopeless and as hapless and as helpless as I think as some of you want to make them. So keep that in mind when we're being critical of the Packers today because they are 10-3. and three. They're in the two seed and control their own destiny for a first round bye with a rookie head coach in a year where most people probably very safely picked them to go 9-7 and seven only because they didn't want to be that jerk who said 8-8, eight and eight, right? So keep that in mind today. As we're critical of the Packers, I just wanted to bring some of those things to your attention. I, I really think... As, as embarrassing as an organization as Washington is with a racist mascot and, 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 and just dysfunction from top to bottom, I, I think they presented some interesting challenges yesterday. And I think the Packers are probably a better team for playing that game yesterday. 
They have an identity, they have a game plan, and they're strong at certain positions. Now, if you want to be critical of their secondary and how the Packers didn't exploit that, amen, I'm right there with you. They were playing backup corners, and I thought Devontae Adams could have been targeted more. It was obvious their game plan was to go to the tight ends and go to the running backs. The tight end part worked early. Not really past that, right? You can talk about their inexperienced head coach or their inexperienced quarterback. I thought the Packers did a pretty good job of getting to their quarterback. I don't know that there were any game management situations where Matt LaFleur had an opportunity to outmaneuver, what's his name, Bill Callahan, whoever they have running the Washington, running that team. You want to talk about specific things, great. But just putting a huge blanket label and say, what a terrible team, and the Packers should be embarrassed for only beating them by five. Well, I, I think that's a little bit of a... I think that's a little bit of an overgeneralization. All right, we're going to try to avoid that. This is what Coach LaFleur talked about in his presser, uh, talking about how Washington did a good job of limiting them uh, in a few areas of the game. I thought this was pretty interesting. Although we are we are definitely happy we won. Felt like we left a lot out there today. But you got to give Washington credit. We knew they were going to come in. We knew they were going to be tough. And we're coming off two wins in a row. And they, they did a nice job of, not allowing us to to function in all three phases at the level that we know we're capable of doing. I I think that's the the best way to put it. Washington did a good job of limiting Green Bay on offense at times and on defense at times and and really keeping them from from executing the way that the Packers wanted to execute. Now, because yesterday the the Packers are that much better and Washington isn't a very good team and they're severely limited in a couple groups, it it was just going to be a, it was a tall task for Washington to win yesterday, no matter how good of a job they did. And that's ultimately why they still weren't able to win. They fell 20-15, to 15, like we said. But there are a couple things that I thought the Packers could have done better yesterday. We're going to talk about that. And a couple things with this Packers team that, that, that concerns me. In specific, one big thing that concerns me. Okay, now if you have your thoughts, you have your opinions, I'd love to hear them. Shoot me a text, 608-796-2558. Five-star telecom, talking tax line. But like I said, don't just say, Washington is embarrassingly bad and the Packers should have beat them by more. Well, no, point to something specific. What did you want them to do better? What did they do that was bad? What part of Washington was bad that they could have taken advantage of? Because just just yelling and being frustrated that the Packers didn't blow out Washington yesterday at Lambeau Field, that's, that's just not productive. That's just complaining, right? And that's annoying. And we don't need to be annoying here during the Wisco Sports Show today. We're going to talk Packers coming up next. We're going to talk Badgers as they fell in an odd Big Ten championship game. I, I saw that game going a bunch of different ways. I didn't really see it going like that. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk UWL football and some big breaking news before the end of the hour as well. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports. Back in a moment here on WKTY. Well, I mean, I think we're just finding different ways to win. Uh, It might, might be ugly at times to maybe some folks, but... And I wouldn't mind winning ugly all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't understand. How does Aaron Rodgers come up with all these, just these poignant sayings? Like, where does he come up with this? Does he write these ahead of time? Or is he truly that good in front of a microphone? Well, some say we're winning ugly. I wouldn't mind winning ugly all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> write that, reporter in the front row. I, I don't know where he comes up with that stuff. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. That was Aaron Rodgers after yesterday's 20-15 to win over Washington. Winning ugly. All right, winning ugly is, is still a win. Here, here's what I'm I'm not going to do today. There are two sides to this to this game. 
right? People who think a win is a win is a win and you can take it any way you can get it. And the Packers are 10 and three and they're in the two seed. And there is some truth to that, right? And then there's the other side of the coin that's, well, the Packers can't compete for a Super Bowl and they're, they're, they don't belong with San Francisco. They don't belong with New Orleans. And yesterday's game just showed that they're not ready to compete in the playoffs. And there might be some truth to that, right? The truth is somewhere in the middle. I think we need to take arguments and take points from both sides of the equation if we really want to be accurate, right? And and we're trying to break down exactly what yesterday's game meant and what it means for the Packers moving forward. They are 10-3, and and they're now in the two seed, which means they get a first-round bye. Not only do they get home games against everyone except, of course, the, the one seed, but you get to you get to sit that first round out. The Packers haven't had a lot of first round buys with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. One in 2011, one in 2014. That's it. They haven't played a home playoff game since 2015 in the year where they beat the Giants, where Aaron Rodgers threw that Hail Mary, right? That's really significant. The Packers are in the driver's seat. If they went out, they stay in that two seed. And that is really, really important. That cannot be overlooked yesterday. So when we are critical or, or when we talk about things that maybe the Packers could have done better or things you would have liked to see the Packers do yesterday... Just keep that in mind. They're the flipping two seed, and they're 10-3 and three with a rookie head coach. Just keep that in mind as we move forward. If you want to share your thoughts, shoot me a text, 608-796-2558. I have one that says Packers win, definitely uninspiring. Look, it was an uninspiring win. I, d- I don't disagree. People might say it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't inspiring. Look, they play 16 of these every year. Not everyone is, is going to be thrilling television, right? Not everyone is going to be inspiring or entertaining, or dramatic. As somebody who watches all of these games twice, even when I don't want to, even when they're blowouts, even when they're on at inconvenient times, because I have to talk about them, right? That's my job. They're not all entertaining. Take it from me. Yesterday's game certainly wasn't entertaining, and it's probably a game we won't remember uh, once we get through this season and next season, for sure, right? Then there's some games every season like that. That doesn't mean that it wasn't a good game, although I think most people would probably say that it wasn't the best game from the Green Bay Packers. Yesterday's game felt a lot like uh, the Buffalo Bills game from last season. I don't know. What did they win? Like 22 to 8 or, or 22 to 6 or something like that. It was some weird number. And, and and there was never a doubt last year in the Buffalo game that they were going to lose. Right? The Vikings ended up the, the Vikings ended up losing to the Buffalo Bills. But but that's the, that's the side note. The Packers weren't going to lose to them last year. At no point in that game at Lambeau did the Packers actually be in danger from losing to the Bills. Much like yesterday. The Packers were never going to lose that game. They just weren't. They were always going to win, but there was no flow. It didn't really feel right. It felt disjointed. It felt like they should be playing better given the circumstances, right? And and I think last year, that game was so dramatic and the post-game reaction was so strong because we were nearing the end of the Mike McCarthy time in Green Bay. And I think that relationship between Rodgers and McCarthy had started to grow a little sour. So you have one bad game like that at at that point point in time and it's a big deal yesterday's game I don't think is really that big of a deal because Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have been playing together for less than a season working together for less than a season right and they're 10 and 3 and things are going well you can absorb a 15 to 10 sluggish win at home when you're in the two seed and when you're in the playoffs and when everything's going great right last year not so much that that was what the game reminded me of and, and I think there are lots of concerns there are lots of worries from yesterday's game Here, I'm going to tell you what doesn't worry about this Green Bay Packers team and and what does worry me. I'll I'll tell you what. The the list of things that doesn't worry me is a lot longer. They're 10-3 and with a rookie head coach. All right, that that, that, prefaces everything. I'm not bothered by by the numbers of Aaron Rodgers, right? The yards per attempt and the lack of interceptions with some people have a problem with, 
right? And, and, and the taking shots down the field on third down is annoying as it is. I'm, I'm not concerned about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not concerned about lackluster games back-to-back in New York and at home against Washington. That'll happen the Super Bowl year, right? They lost back-to-back overtime games to the Dolphins and to Washington. You, you know why you don't remember that? It's because they won the Super Bowl that year. Well, and it was nine years ago now. That doesn't worry me. Winning different ways doesn't worry me. I, there's some people who have a problem with this. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, at the, at the, the beginning of this, this press conference bit says, we're finding different ways to win. And if he doesn't, excuse me, I'll explain on the other side. Well, I mean, I think we're just we're finding different ways to win. Uh, it might, might be ugly at times to maybe some folks, but I wouldn't mind winning ugly all the way to the Super Bowl. We're finding different ways to win, right? There are games where the defense has gotten it done. Week one against the Bears. There's been games where the offense has gotten it done. The Raiders, the offense took over, right? There have been games that have been a combination of both, right? The Vikings game. The Packers offense was hot early and then the defense took over. There's games where the running game has taken over, like in Dallas and with Aaron Jones, right? They've found lots of different ways to win. And some people see that and say, see, what's their identity? What are they actually good at? I look at that and think, well, they can win games different ways against different types of teams and in different types of scenarios, right? I think that's a good thing. That doesn't concern me. What does concern me about this Packers team, and, and yesterday was just a continuation of this trend, it can be summed up one way. The, the Packers don't, or the Packers can't, impose their will on teams. Like Outside of maybe the Raiders game, where Aaron Rodgers is just red hot on offense, outside of that game, where was a moment this year where you, you watched the Packers and you said, yeah, the defense knew it was coming. They still couldn't stop it. That's how that's how much they were clicking, right? Where the Packers want to run the ball, and they grit down, and they do it, damn it, despite the other team knowing it's coming because they're the better team. They're the, they're the well-coached team. They're the more experienced team. They're the more talented team. They're the more athletic team. Whatever. That, that doesn't really happen. Last week against the Giants, and it kind of got swept under the rug because we ended up talking about other things, which is fine. The Packers couldn't run the ball on New York last week. Going into that game... The Giants were 22nd ranked against the run. They were well below league average at defending the run. Now, when that game was over, they moved up to they moved up to 21. Going into that game, 22nd ranked against the run. The Packers could not impose their will and run the ball. Even though they were up, even though they had the lead, even though the conditions were bad, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't impose their will. You could make an argument that their that will has been imposed on them by other teams. I think the Eagles game. The Chargers game, certainly the San Francisco 49ers game. But I don't think there's been a moment this year where the Packers have said, this is what we want to do, and we're going to do it to you. You know it's coming, and we don't care. Because at some point, whether that's in Week 17, or in the Wild Card Round, or in the NFC Championship game, or in the Super Bowl, wherever, at some point, when pursuing a championship, when trying to win a championship, you're going to need to execute, even though the defense knows it's coming. Think about that. Let that soak in. Whether it's in early in the playoffs, late in the playoffs, or in the Super Bowl. At some point, a defensive coordinator is going to say, this is the play that's coming, this is their bread and butter, and the Packers need to execute anyway. Right? I don't see them doing that. Especially offensively. This offense, and, and we haven't talked about this really since early on in the season, because that that that... That middle-of-the-season red-hot run that Rodgers and this offense went on kind of made us forgot about it. The offense disappearing at times, right? Being good early and then disappearing, going long stretches without scoring. This season, in 13 games, in 13 games, the Packers have played 52 quarters of football, right? Did you know that 16 of those quarters, they've been shut out? 
and 25 of those quarters, they have scored three points. That's 51 out of, or excuse me, 41 out of 52 quarters this year where they don't have a touchdown. Because I think at times, this Packers offense gets slightly off schedule, they get out of their groove, they're no longer allowed to do what they want to do, and they can't say, damn it, we're going to run the football anyways. Damn it, we're going to throw the ball to Devontae Adams anyways. Even though you know it's coming because we're better. I don't see that a lot. And I guess you can you can kind of sum up all my concerns about the Packers in that category. They don't impose their will on teams. I, I, I haven't seen yet that yet this season. Something that, that at some point they're going to need to do if they want to accomplish their goals. Uh, 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talking text line before we move on to the Badgers. Uh, Packers did a great job of giving Aaron Jones touches. I would love their offense going through him for the rest of the season. Puts less stress on Rodgers and takes time off the clock to help the defense. Couldn't agree more. Aaron Jones did get the job done yesterday. Washington made it tough for him, uh, but Aaron Jones did did have a day. Uh, we're going to talk about UWL. Big Red, I know you're asking about UWL. We're going to talk about that coming up in 15 minutes and, and Coach Schmidt taking off the big news today. Uh, Scott says the inability to impose wills because they have no identity on offense. Come on, girl. Okay, Scott, take it. Take it easy. I Look, you could argue that Washington has more of an offensive identity than Green Bay, right? They want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. They don't want to have to make plays. If if Washington didn't have to throw the ball yesterday, they wouldn't have. The only reason they threw the ball is because it was third and long, fourth down, right? What, are the, what is the Packers' offensive identity? And maybe that's a, a conversation we need to have. And look, a lot of people say, what's their identity? They need an identity, and they have no no clue what the hell they're talking about, Right? Let's get specific maybe sometime this week and, and we can actually talk about it because if if the Packers offense has an identity, what is it? What do they do well? What do they do better than anyone else? That's a conversation I want to come back to. Unfortunately, today we have to move on. I want to talk about the Badgers and Ohio State on Saturday. Why did that win? Why did that loss just feel like it had happened before, right? Like that was not surprising to anyone. Being up big at halftime and then, of course, losing in the second half. I'm going to tell you why I actually feel better about the Badgers now than I have felt all season, at least since the Michigan game. Way, way back in the fall when they were undefeated, right? I actually feel great about the Badgers, despite what happened on Saturday. I'll explain coming up next. And Big Red and UWL football fans, we're going to talk about that coming up in about 15 minutes as well. I promise. A lot more to come here on the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Hope you're having an awesome night. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, don't forget, we're ramping up our, our high school basketball coverage here on WKTY. We were at Central for Central Marshfield last Friday. Central looked amazing. I think it's going to be a really fun season. Marshfield, they're not as they're not nearly as good of a team, but I thought they were really impressive as well. Uh, playing with Central the way that they did. An awesome game, and our video stream is always available at WKTYsports.com, on our mobile app, on Facebook, uh, a bunch of different ways to watch and listen. So keep yourself in in the loop with uh, with the schedule as well for what games we're going to be covering. We have a game both Tuesday and Thursday of this week, and that full schedule and all the teams we're covering is posted at WKTYsports.com. So you know, because we're really starting to ramp up coverage, not only of high school basketball, but... UWL men's and women's basketball as well. We're going to talk UWL football and the big news of the day, and that's Coach Schmidt's departure for South Dakota. We're going to talk about that coming up in about 10 minutes, I promise. I'm very excited. We don't know a whole lot 
but I have a couple of words on the subject, and I know some of you do as well. We do have to talk about Wisconsin and Ohio State. Let me preface this whole conversation, this entire conversation, and maybe you can tell by the mood and, and by the tone of my voice. Let me preface this whole conversation by saying, I feel better about the Badgers after that game than every other game of the season except Minnesota and except Michigan. Michigan was so long ago, it's very it's very difficult to compare where the team was back then and where they are now, but I'll include it because they look tremendous. I feel better about the Badgers after the Ohio State loss than after the win to Michigan State. Who else did they even play? I don't know. Purdue, Nebraska, Iowa. I feel better about the Ohio State loss from Saturday than every other game that they've played so far, except for the Minnesota game and the Michigan game. I feel great about the Badgers moving forward. Now, let me try to explain why. Because they did lose 34-21. They did blow a 21-7 halftime lead. This was not the Penn State game from, from, what would that be, two years ago? Three years ago now? That was not it, right? When the Badgers were up three scores. That Penn State team was not as good as this Ohio State team. And that Wisconsin team of that year was better than this year's Wisconsin team. There is no explainable way through analytics, through manalytics, I don't care how you want to spin it. There is no reasonable explanation as to why the Badgers three years ago blew a three-score lead when they had Vince Beagle and T.J. Watt rushing the quarterback. A three-score game, obvious passing situation. The Badgers should have ran out of that game with roses in their mouth, headed to the Rose Bowl, right? But they didn't. They blew it against Penn State. This game wasn't that. This was not that. And I know the Badgers were leading 21-7 to at half, and everything was going well. And people were saying it's Penn State all over again, right? Just another Big Ten championship flop. Uh, I, I, no, I, I don't think so. Let me explain. I, I think expectations ruin, well, expectations ruin everything, right? Because if you went through life without expectations, right, about how nice your car was going to be, about how much money you're going to make at your job or what town you're going to live in or the person you're going to marry and how attractive they are, if there were no expectations, everyone would be happy. Because there'd be no comparison. There would be no letdown or satisfaction. People would just, they would just float through life enjoying what they could enjoy, right? So expectations ruin everything. But the last two weeks of sport, uh, expectations has has ruined it. That Giants-Packer game, they won 31-13, and people were upset because they expected the Packers to go in and just blow out the the, the Giants, much like they believed yesterday, because Packer fans want to see them blow out these bad teams to make up for what happened against San Francisco. Look, no game against the Giants or Washington is going to make up for what happened against the Niners, right? Throw your expectations out the window and judge these games as you should, right? Expectations have ruined lots of things over the last two weeks. And I think expectations somewhat ruined this game as well. Somewhat. This Ohio State team is amazing. And people expected the Badgers when they went up 21-7. to They expected this team to make up for the failures of past teams. Like the Penn State year. And, and and the Ohio State game of two years ago. I believe Penn State was three years ago. Ohio State was two years ago. And then last year was the year off when Northwestern went. I think people expected that Badgers, this Badgers team to make up for those failures. That's just not fair. Judging this game on its face, this Ohio State team is so good. So good. They might have a top 10 pick at corner in Jeff Okuda. They might have the number one overall pick in Chase Young. And that's just their defense. Their quarterback just might be alongside with Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. J.K. Dobbins is a beast, and I know we get so enamored with Jonathan Taylor. J.K. Dobbins is really, really good, and they have very athletic, fast, talented wide receivers as well. This team might just be the best team that I have seen from Ohio State in my lifetime, right? Maybe the best college football team I've ever seen. We'll see how things shake out in the playoffs, right? 
This Ohio State team is so good. And this is the painful truth that Badgers fans need to, to take and swallow. This is a difficult-to-swallow pill, so I'm warning you. This is a this is a tough truth, and you're not going to want to hear it, but I have to say it. This Ohio State team was so good that they showed up to this game, and they sleptwalked through the first half. They were sleepwalking the first and second quarter, and they still came back to win this game with ease. That's how good they are. That's not necessarily an indictment on the Badgers and their coaches and their players and their game plan and their performance on Saturday, right? The Badgers can be good and Ohio State can be elite, right? Because Ohio State is elite, that doesn't mean the Badgers suck. They're, they're both good teams, but they're good for, for the program. Ohio State is a different program than Wisconsin, right? Let's be honest. And Wisconsin will always aspire to reach the level of Ohio State. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But they're two different levels of teams. And, and the brutal truth that Badgers fans don't want to admit is that Ohio State was sleepwalking the first half. They were dazed and confused. They weren't ready to play. And they're so good that it didn't matter. Now, Wisconsin covered. And they, they what are they, 13 points? 34-21, right? I, I, I'm not embarrassed by that final score. I think for what happened in the regular season, that, that's a great result. But because the Badgers jumped out to that early lead, we had it in our mind that this game was there to be won by the Badgers, and they're good enough, and they're on the, on the level to compete with Ohio State. And, and look, one out of ten times, one out of ten years, that might be the truth. But year in and year out, in multiple Big Ten championships, that's just not the case. The, t- the difficult truth is Ohio State showed up, they weren't ready to play, and it still didn't matter because they were that good, they still won. In the first half, I give the Badgers a ton of credit. Because Ohio State could have showed up and sleepwalked the first half, and Wisconsin could have been up 7 to nothing or 7-7, like we saw early in the regular season, right? That wasn't the case. They had a great game plan. They executed. They passed the ball well. They ran the ball well. They were good on special teams. It was a great performance in the first half. They had a great game plan, and they came in and executed. Ohio State just said, all right, let's do our thing in half number two. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter and texting and calling into shows like this. By the way, 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. A lot of people who were opening their mouths and saying things like, man, you were outcoached and outplayed in the second half. Well, yeah, you know why? Because Ohio State has better players and they have better coaches. Like, I'm a Badger fan. I wanted to see them win this game. I thought that would have been an incredible result given everything that's happened the last two years and how good Ohio State is. Yeah, they were outcoached and they were outplayed because Ryan Day's a better coach than Paul Christ. And Ohio State has better players than Wisconsin. That doesn't mean this isn't a really good Wisconsin team. And I love Paul Chris, and I think he's the perfect coach to have at Wisconsin and, and to build the program that they're building. And I thought he did a great job. I thought Rudolph, and, and, and I thought Jim Leonard did a great job as well. A-plus performance from the Badgers. That doesn't, they don't suffer because they lost by 13 in a neutral field to a really good team. Yeah, Wisconsin was outplayed because Ohio State has better players. And they were all coached because I think Ohio State probably has better coaches too. That doesn't make Paul Christ a bad coach, Jim Leonard a bad coach. That's not what it means. Both can exist. Both can be good. But Ohio State's that much better. So let's not get angry. Let's not be outraged. Because the, the truth of the matter is, the Badgers are going to the freaking Rose Bowl. And, and I know that when in a season where you have college football playoff aspirations, Rose Bowl seems a little bit of a letdown. Fine, if that's the way you want to approach it, that's fine. But after this team lost to Illinois, the expectation changed. And the goalposts changed, right? And the way that we view this team changed. And then they lost to Ohio State, and they lost two in a row, and they looked bad in both, and we're like, man, this team is lost. We thought they had turned the corner after last year. We thought last year was just one year, and we thought Jack Cohen was the guy, and, and what is happening? God, we're not even going to get the ax back. We're going to lose to Minnesota. Well, none of that happened. Because since Ohio State, the Badgers have not lost. 
excluding the the Saturday's game. And they embarrassed Minnesota on their own field in in what was the biggest game in, in the biggest moment in that town for a long time. And they're in the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. Maybe I'm just I'm just sunny side up Grant today, and I'm bringing a different outlook. After that game, I said, well, "What are you going to do?" They were up twenty-one to seven. Look, I thought that Saturday night was a really good showing for Wisconsin. I think the rest of the country watched that game, and maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking out of turn, and maybe this isn't what people thought. I'd like to think that college football fans around the country watched that game and said, "Wow, Paul Chris coached his ass off, and that team played their rear ends off." And they were up at half, and they hung in there, and Ohio State's just that damn good. And for those of you who bet, yeah, Wisconsin covered, <laughs> if that's important to you, right? To, to lose to Illinois and to be embarrassed by Ohio State and, and to, to reinvent and to reapply themselves and, and, and to that team to go through the next couple of weeks, ultimately beating Minnesota, playing your best football at the right time, and, and being in it against Ohio State. Look, I'm not one for moral victories, Right, you should hear when I talk about the Brewers. You should understand that, right? But I, I feel better right now about the Badgers after that game than I have felt about them all season long, excluding the Minnesota game and excluding the Michigan game. Well, like I said, Michigan that was so long ago. You readjust your expectations and your opinions as the year goes on. I, I, I feel great about the Badgers after Saturday, and I know it's difficult to feel that way in a loss. But the nature of the situation is you got to adjust your expectations as they go to the Rose Bowl to play Oregon. And by the way, people who think Penn State should be in the Rose Bowl, who the hell, who give Penn State the right to play in the Rose Bowl from the Big Ten? First of all, you can't penalize Wisconsin for playing an extra game. I thought they fought valiantly, like I said, two scores up at half, including executing late in that second half, where I thought they were just going to kneel the ball down. Right? Executing, getting that extra score, playing aggressive. Penn State got beat up by Minnesota. Wisconsin embarrassed Minnesota at TCF. Penn State, shut up, Penn State, and Penn State fans. Give me a break. Badgers are playing in the Rose Bowl. Look, I think given the ups and downs, especially in the middle of the season, I thought Saturday's game was tremendous. I'm bummed they didn't win, but I did a pretty good job of curbing my expectations and my enthusiasm at halftime, knowing that, yeah, this Ohio State team is really, really freaking good. Outcoached and outplayed in half number two. Yeah, it's because Ohio State has better coaches and better players. Sorry. I'm being honest about my team, the Badgers. I suggest you do the same and and enjoy the Rose Bowl. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk UWL football. The big news of the day is Coach Schmidt's departure uh, for a Division II college out in South Dakota. We don't know a whole lot. We'll learn more as the days pass, as the week goes on, I'm sure. And I'm hoping to connect with Scrady of Mornings with Dave and Scrady tomorrow, uh, our UWL, uh, well, diehard fan, but also color commentator for the last season. Uh, And he knows just about everybody on that team and that coaching staff. We're going to talk to him tomorrow, hopefully when we know a little bit more. I just have a couple of thoughts, and, and if you want to share your thoughts as well, 608-796-2558, as the, as the Eagles lose their coach after a really, really good season. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show talking about that coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. We've talked Packers today. We've talked Badgers. If you want to catch up on anything you may have missed, if you're just tuning in, go to WKTYsports.com or use our mobile app. The podcasts are all right there. Listen as many times as you want, wherever, however you want. We don't have a lot of information on this subject, but it's something I wanted to talk about today. Uh, And that is the news of the day that Coach Schmidt, Coach Mike Schmidt of the UWL Eagles is uh, moving on. 
He's leaving the team. He is taking a job in South Dakota um, after just a couple seasons with UWL. He's going to be coaching at Northern State. Not Northern Michigan or Northern Illinois, just Northern State, which I'm having issues remembering, which is going to be great. Because it's definitely something I'm going to have to talk about the next couple of days. We don't know a lot of details to the situation. Just to kind of give you an idea, if you just Google Mike Schmidt UWL, you know, all of our local news outlets are going to pop up, including our own WIZM. And we'll have a story uh, at WK2RSports.com, I'm sure, within the hour uh, as well, if it's not already there, if it's on WIZM. But if you click on any of the local news outlets, they all say about the same thing, and it's very limited, that Coach Schmidt has accepted a job here. He was introduced in this way. He was 7-3 and three this season and is a career record of 27-13. and 13. That's it, because that's all anybody has, right? That's, that's all we really know. Most of what I, I think people are going on is rumors and, and, and stories that you've heard and things kind of behind the scene. There's two sides to the story, and we only have a couple of minutes. I, I want to try to hit on both sides because I think both are important when understanding a situation like this. There's the business side, and then there's the personal side. To me, and I've been thinking about this all day, I, I, as a business decision for Coach Smith, I think it's a brilliant decision, and I think it's timed brilliantly. Once again, keeping the personal side out of it, just going business. I think this is the perfect time. If you wanted to make a jump to Division Two or to a different program, try to climb the ladder, I think this is the perfect time to do it. Because like all of those news articles said, right? And they all say he has a career record of 27 and 13. He has rebuilt UWL. I don't want to say he's turned the program around, but he has made it relevant. He has made it competitive in his short time here. And he just finished a 7-3 and season in the best conference in the country when it comes to Division Three, the WIAC. Best, best athletic conference in the country, WIAC. He's done great things. What, is he, what does he haven't done? Well, he hasn't beaten Whitewater. He hasn't been great against Oshkosh. And they haven't made the playoffs yet. And here's why I think this is a good time to move for Coach Schmidt is because a seven and three season is great and it's fun and we're making progress. But what happens when they go seven and three next year, right? Or eight and four, and then seven and three again, and you still don't beat Whitewater and you still don't beat Nashcott. Still doing a great job, still doing a really good job, but some of the shine is wore off. Look at what Harbaugh's doing in Michigan. They've had some great years, some great bowls. But what's the narrative every year? This is the year he has to beat Ohio State, and some of that shine wears off. At some point, Coach Schmidt was going to be expected to beat Whitewater, or or else. I'm not saying he would have been fired, but perception would start to change, right? Like I said earlier, expectations ruin everything. You go 7-3 and three this year, well, the expectation is next year you take the next step and you beat Whitewater. I don't know if UWL is that kind of program, right? Let's use Jim Harbaugh in Michigan as an example. Michigan is not the program that Ohio State is. Not even close. They're not on the same level. But Michigan fans believe in their heart of hearts that they should beat Ohio State. Because that's the way they are. That's how fans are. And at some point, UWL fans are going to say, when when the hell is Coach Schmidt going to beat Whitewater? Even though UWL might not be the program that Whitewater is. But it's an expectation. And the longer he's here, the more those expectations grow. So I think now is the time. His stock is high. If he's going to jump, I think this year is the perfect year to do it. That's the business side. The personal side, it's a different conversation, right? You start talking about what's right and what's wrong with recruits, with players that have that have come here under the impression that they were going to be coached by Mike Schmidt, the, the, the coach who originally recruited them, right? The timing and how you handle a move and when you leave and how you do it, those are all important, right? And, and we are short on details. Everything I have heard is, is rumors, and I have heard a lot of rumors. Although, 
I heard from a couple of people that the rumor was last week that Coach Schmidt was going to be gone. And that's the reason why Lewandowski was maybe thinking about transferring. Is Maybe he's going to follow Coach Schmidt. Maybe Coach Schmidt's got something in the works, right? Heard about that last week. So things have been swirling. People have been talking. Just from what I have heard from conversations with with people around the UWL program and and what I've seen on Twitter from UWL players, I, this, this seems like, and I'm getting the impression that this was done poorly. Now, there may be no good way to do this. There, Look, I'd like to think that if a coach sat down with his players and his fellow coaches and said, look, here's the situation, right? That that will be received better than a text. I'm out of town, bye. You know? Now, maybe there's no good way to for this to happen. I'm not a college football player. I, I don't know if a personal conversation is better than a text or if they're both as equally as as shoddy and as, as spineless, right? I don't know. But I'd like to think there's a right and a wrong way to do it. Just from what I've read, from what I've heard, from people I've talked to, it sounds like it was maybe done a little poorly. From what I've heard, coaches were told this morning, right? He was in Aberdeen, South Dakota at 2.30 today for a press conference. It's a seven and a half hour drive, Right? You let your coaches know the morning. of. I don't know if, if if he did sit down and have this conversation, if it was an email or a text. I don't know. But to say, by the way, I'm leaving, and then to be introduced as a head coach that afternoon, I don't know. I don't know. There are two different sides, right? Business, I think this is a perfectly well-timed business decision. He made the most of what he has done at UWL and got out before maybe the expectations got higher than the reality, Right? Because the reality is UWL is not the program that Whitewater is. Maybe they would have gotten there. I don't I don't know. But at some point, they're going to say, well, when's he going to be Whitewater? When are they going to take the next step? And I don't know if they have that next step in them. So I think he made the most and cashed out when he when he was sitting on top. Or at least as, as, as on top as he was going to get. The personal side, man, you, you just want to see people treat people with respect, right? Treat them with dignity and give them the time of day. And I don't know if Coach Schmidt did that or not from from reactions that I've read. It doesn't seem like this was done well. I don't know. I don't know if there's a good way to do it. And it's something we're going to talk about tomorrow. Scrady's going to join us as well. But but I guess my last thought on this is how you handle people and how you treat people that says a lot about you as a person, right? I don't get into, I don't read poetry. I don't read a whole lot. But I think a really meaningful quote here, I thought about this earlier, is Maya Angelou, right? Who said, People will never forget how you make them feel, right? How you treat people, how you speak to them, how you act around them. I don't know. And I saw a couple people, players on Twitter today saying stuff like, man, ca- character like this, it, it follows you places. You know, reputation is earned. You you earn every part of your reputation through your actions, through your words. I, I don't know. Business decision, I think it's great. Personal decision, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what details come out. That's for sure. And something we're going to have to talk about. Scrady's going to join us tomorrow to hopefully give us some more perspective on the situation. Bucks on WKTY tonight. Pre-game starting in a half hour. They're going for 14 in a row. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your night. I'll talk to you tomorrow.